Good morning, tribe. It's Michael Fleming. How are you doing? I am hoping that you can hear the smile that's on my face because I'm just loving today. Having an amazing day. And this is episode four of the podcast. And the first couple episodes uh, were a little content rich, uh, obviously focused on culture, focused on lessons learned from playing tic-tac-toe from a seven-year-old. But then I took that episode three as an opportunity to kind of introduce myself and tell you a little bit about myself. I'm taking the opportunity for episode number four now to kind of paint a, a, a picture of why I wrote Dental Marketing, Find Your Voice. So this project, which was my very first book, was born from a desire to uh, log what I do. So for example, I am obviously in dental marketing. I've been doing this for 13 years now as the CEO at Innovate Dental Marketing. And over those 13 years, my business partner Cody and I have had the fortune of working with a ton of very amazing dental practices as well as dental service organizations. What we do with dental marketing, though, is such a niche that it's often hard to replicate over and over. And what I mean by that is that so many practices are unique, right? And so what I mean by that is there could be a single dental practice that is really focused on just general dentistry. You'll have another practice that is really focused on cosmetic dentistry. You'll have others that really like to offer general dentistry, but also teeth straightening solutions. You'll have others that, you know, are really proud of their, you know, the the work that they do with like pinhole dentistry, like with the gums or whatnot. I mean, everyone seems to have these different niches and, and what that means to them is that it attracts different demographics, if that makes sense. So what Cody and I have been doing over this last 13 years is really crafting our support system around what their needs are, if that makes sense, as opposed to opening up a shop and providing, hey, here's our flag. We provide marketing services. And so whether you're Joe's Muffler Hut or Skippy's Pizza down the street or Bev's Nails, you know, come on in and we'll help you with your direct mail and your website and everything. That's not us. We are and we could be, right? If that's really what we wanted to do, sure, we could do junk mail for the nail salon and we could do a website for the pizza joint, right? But the value that we truly add is our tribal knowledge and our experience. And so although we're offering the, those core fundamental marketing pieces such as website, search engine optimization, social media management, reputation management, as well as more tangible uh, media such as direct mail, other print advertising, Uh, or even out-of-home buys, right? The message is what really makes us unique because we have that that understanding that what it takes to market a dental practice is much different than what it takes to market a Mercedes-Benz. And I talk about this in the book. It's one of the first stories I tell in the book is that, you know, so many people come out of school with a marketing degree or they come out of a certain industry with their marketing experience and then they'll get they'll get swooned by a dental service organization, for example, or a a multi-location dental practice and come in as that marketing manager 
marketing assistant, marketing director, whatever that marketing role is. And immediately what they'll try to do is they'll try to replicate what has been working for them in the past, because obviously that's their comfort zone and that's what they're comfortable doing. And if you've had success swinging a hammer in the past, guess what your favorite tool is? It's going to be the hammer. But when it comes to dentistry, it doesn't always work the same way because you've got a product now that everybody needs, right? A total commodity product or total commodity service, but that nobody wants. And so that therein lies the, the difference of marketing a dental practice or dental service or a dental service organization, for example. So that's why I took the time to write a book because every time that we were going and we were meeting with new clients, a lot of what we were talking about is, yeah, I used to use the word boutique right? And it used to drive my business partner, Cody, crazy because, you know, when we were looking to grow this thing, we didn't want to be perceived as boutique That implied small. But what I meant by that was that we were really customizable, right? And I think where uh, Cody kind of wound up embracing this was by calling it a concierge type service, right? And they're both, they're both great analogies for the, the sense of providing a product and a service that is really unique for that business. So, so every time that we step into a new dental practice or a new dental service organization, every single one of them has core fundamental beliefs or ideas or targets or uh, about how they're looking to take their product or service to market. And they're all different and they're all unique. And so it's truly a matter of listening to what their needs are and responding to their needs based on the tribal knowledge that we've got. And I think that's a lot of the value that we add is that, oh, wow, you know, eight years ago, we did a project very similar to this and it completely fell flat on its face. And here's why we think that happened. So if you're going to look at doing that, let's learn from those previous mistakes and incorporate that tribal knowledge and, and shorten that learn, learning curve and move forward from there. Or we've got the other end of the spectrum where, oh my gosh, we did that three years ago and we absolutely killed it doing this. And then they could just jump on that in a non-competing market and do the exact same thing. No need to reinvent the wheel and instantly they're making money, right? And so whether it's learning from prior mistakes or whether it's dovetailing on others' successes in non-competing markets, you know, that's truly the value that, that we brought. And it's a story that we love to tell. And when, whenever we get the opportunity to sit in front of a prospect, we love to tell that story and it's always well-received. And, you know, that's how we wind up getting the business because we are very hands-on. Again, I've talked about my customer service experience from Starbucks Coffee. And in the book, I talk about my business partner's customer service ex uh, experience and love for that coming from Nordstrom. So we're both very service-oriented individuals. And therefore, as you can imagine, our company is very service-oriented, right? We, we pride ourselves in every client that we work with. Uh, they got my cell phone number. So that not that they ever need to call me, but if they do, uh, they get my cell phone number. And guess what? Every time my cell phone rings, guess what I do? I answer it. That's one of, one of the things that's very important to us is that we never let a call go unanswered. And if we do, if we have to, we, we call them back immediately, right? But and the reason I mentioned that, and I talk about this in my book as well, is that there are so many companies that are out there now that either aren't built to take phone calls or they're subcontracting out to other in individuals that are not taking phone calls. And so you wind up getting these project management softwares that work amazing for certain demographics, but not so much if you're a dentist and you've only got five minutes to think about marketing 
and you type in something into your base camp and then you click send and then who knows when someone's going to see that. And so all of a sudden you've got weeks of lack of communication and that's where that's really where we kind of swoop in and gain new business is we come in and we talk and we also talk on the phone. So not just in person for initial meetings, right? But after the fact, as individuals or clients have questions, you know, they've got our numbers. They can give us a call. They can shoot us a text. They can get that instant communication. Obviously, there's always email. And obviously, we've got other automated tools that if they choose to communicate with, we can totally do that as well. But we don't rely on that as our primary mode of, of communication. So that being said, you know, we have so much tribal knowledge. So I'm coming back to the book now. That one of the reasons that I wrote this book was I was looking for a way to take all of that tribal knowledge that we've collected over that 13 years and put it into a book almost as a manual form where someone could literally read this book and they could get a good idea of what other other people in their business segment are doing and how it's working for them. And again, back to that idea of take some of my tribal knowledge and learn from that. And so the way that I broke out my book was I kind of broke it out in three different segments where the first segment is find your voice, surprise, right? Um, from the name of the book, right? But then the next section of the book is to use your voice, right? And so the first that in that first section of the book, you're learning how to identify you know, what your core strengths are, what your core competencies are, what your core culture is, right? Your mission statement, your value statement, and what you embody and what you value inside of your four walls as your practice or your dental service organization. And that therefore creates your voice because now we know what you're about and what products and services you're going to be marketing. And then, so at that point, now we need to take that out to market and go find people that are going to be attracted to that, right? And that falls under that second section of the book, which is the use your voice. And in that section, we really dive into the different communication styles, the different behavior styles, you know, what type of communication resonates well with certain demographics of people. Uh, and then we move on to the implementation of how to share that story and what media are we using to share that story with those individuals, right? And so, and there's all sorts of different media that I talk about, not just websites, not just your search engine optimization, your, your Google My Business and your local search, uh, but also direct mail, out of home media. I even talk about yellow pages, 1-800-DENTIST. I mean, there's all sorts of like, random stuff in there, but it's stuff that, that this is like knowledge that we've collected over the last 13 years. And so whether or not the yellow pages is relevant to you, it's completely not. Maybe. Uh, again, you read my book, if no one else is doing it, it might be the perfect time to do it. Uh, but I also tie back the, the analogy of what the yellow pages represented at that time during its heyday and what it's been replaced with. So same with 1-800-DENTIST, you know, whether or not you're using that, um, you know, some people think that that's incredibly outdated as well until I tell you that one of the major DSOs that we work with in the country, they do it and they kill it with it. So it's just one of those. And of course, we make no money off of that. And it's not like an affiliate program where, you know, if you go to 1-800-DENTIST after listening to Michael Fleming's podcast, I get a, I get a cut. I'm just sharing tribal knowledge from my clients of what's worked best for them. Because at the end of the day, 
Where I make my money is when my clients are making their money, right? And so I don't need to make money on every single transaction. What I need to do is make sure that my clients are making enough money so that they're here next month and that they're here next year. And as long as they're here and and we're building that longevity and that sustainability, I'll know that my clients are going to be here year after year, right? It's, I don't need to make money off them right now at the expense of them being out of business next next month, if that makes sense, right? It's creating sustainable partners so that they're going to be here in a, a long time from now so that I can be here a long time from now. So back to wrapping up that section two of use your voice. And then the final section of the book, I put that as listen to the crowd. And that really talks about the return on investment opportunities and measuring that. And a lot of this, and I think I mentioned this in a prior podcast as well. If you're reading this book, there's not much in this book that is profound. Uh, There's not much in this book that you haven't heard before. There's not much in this book where you're going to be like, oh my gosh, it's the most incredible chunk of knowledge that you've ever heard. But what is profound about this is that it walks you through a process and encourages you to do these things, right? So it's not the knowledge of doing it. It's the application of doing it, right? If that's awesome if you know all this stuff, but if you're not doing it, what good is it knowing it, right? And so it really comes down to knowing the path and then learning how to walk the path. And that's really what the magic of the book is. And so a lot of this stuff is just so simple and so rudimentary, but it's really based on reality. And it's based on the tribal knowledge that we have collected over this 13 years. And it's really what our clients are doing. So I guess the point that I'm trying to make is this isn't just theory. This isn't just ideas. This isn't just, oh my gosh, this is the greatest cutting edge theory that I think works. This is truly 13 years of experience and stories from other clients that we've worked with. Because in addition to coming up with a bazillion great ideas for our clients, we've also had a lot of clients that have ideas of their own and we implement and execute their ideas as well. And so some of those ideas have been amazing that we've actually learned from. And some of their ideas have been less than stellar that we've also learned from. So, and that's the magic of marketing as well is that every execution of a marketing plan is an opportunity to learn. Sometimes we hit it out of the park. Other times the results are less than stellar. And whether or not it was our execution or our idea that made it fail or the clients, we're always about moving forward, right? And so we're always about learning from what has happened and improved. And so that's kind of the stance that the the book takes as well. One of the dental coaches that we used to work with, Bill Blatchford, out of the Pacific Northwest, used to have this awesome statement that I loved and I still use today, which is we're, we're seeking progress, not perfection. We're always looking to move forward, right? As opposed to waiting for something to be done perfectly, let's get it done and get it out there so that we can start soliciting feedback. And again, back to listen to that voice and see how people are reacting, right? And then at that point, what are some ways that we can tweak it? We can tweak the message, tweak the application, and make it better and improve upon that that message or that process, if that makes sense. So that's kind of the foundation of the book. And this was a great way 
for us to formalize that process in our minds as well. It was a great opportunity to write this out so that we could literally sit down with a client and read word for word from this manual, if, if you will, that kind of walks through all of the different stages of the marketing life cycle. So again, we can market all day long, but if you don't have a good message to share with someone, those marketing dollars are going to be wasted. So again, back to finding your voice. It's really important that before we come out with an advertisement that we know who you are so that when we put that brand out there, we have a very succinct message for the consumer to consume. And that pause was intentional, by the way, because that is a a big deal when it comes to advertising because, and, and this is one of the activities I have in the book is as you're kind of going through these, these different areas of learning to look at how other people are advertising themselves and how other people are taking themselves to market. Because oftentimes they're so focused on the product or the service that they don't take time to really analyze who they themselves are and how they're putting their foot forward in the best light, if that makes sense. So that's a little bit about the book. That's a little bit about the reason that I put the book together. It's really meant to be a walkthrough manual from, again, finding your voice, finding out who you are, and back to a couple podcast episodes ago. It really talks about the culture and the value of culture and your role in culture, right? And the culture that surrounds you. And then after that, then we can start to talk about marketing your products or service from that voice, right? Because again, there are you don't want every client that could possibly come in your door. You want clients that you can actually engage with. Every single practice that I work with has a certain demographic that they are comfortable serving, right? So for example, if I was a 50-year-old white male dentist out of you know Ohio, my demographic might be completely different than if I was a female dentist that was just out of school, say 26 years, years old, living in San Francisco. The, the two demographics that those two dentists are comfortable serving are completely different. I'm not going to even try to attempt to put labels on what those demographics might look like. But, you know, you and I can both agree that, you know, those are going to be different demographics and it's okay. You know, certain people are more comfortable engaging with other people that are more like them. And so we're going to attract people like that. And so when, how this applies and why it's relevant to marketing is if that, if that 50 year old white male dentist was looking to market, they're not going to look to target the demographic that that 24-year-old, 25-year-old dentist out of San Francisco is, is seeking and vice versa, you know, and I'm not saying that these dentists couldn't serve that other demographic, but we are naturally going to attract people or be attracted towards people that are more like ourselves than less like ourselves, if that makes sense. And so that's just an important thing to take into consideration when you're putting your marketing together, because you want to make sure that you're reaching that target demographic and not someone and not just by location right? Or not just by service. Oh, hey, I'm, I've got this Invisalign discount right now. I'm going to blast out to everybody, but you may not like serving everybody. You might just like serving certain individuals, right? And then again, back to once we take that out to market, learning how to do that and use your, your voice 
that's a very important part too, because there are core fundamentals and foundations that need to be covered first before you move on to the next, right? Like we don't do much direct mail for someone if they don't have a website, for example, right? There, there's certain orders of how to build your marketing foundation. And of course we talk about that in the book as well. And then at the end, you know, again, back to listening to the crowd that really comes back to the return on investment, the ROI. And that's going to be a, its whole, its its own probably series of podcasts because as much as people listening to this are going, yeah, jackass, we understand measuring ROI is really important. You would be shocked at how many people either don't measure return on investment or the way that they're measuring their return on investment is completely insufficient for what the goals that they are truly looking to achieve. So that is uh, kind of the book in a nutshell and the reason for the book in a nutshell. And it really kind of helped create a path for how we better communicate with our clients, but it also really kind of gives a guidebook for the marketer themselves to really dive in and look at what the life cycle should be, right? Not that everyone's going to do everything that's in that book, right? But it really kind of helps, you know, back to my analogy of the marketing, having those core fundamentals covered, very similar with your marketing as well. There are certain things that just need to be happening. And if they're not, this is that great opportunity for you to, to start it now. So that's a little bit about my book. I hope that offers some clarity on that. And uh, if, if you're listening to this, I'm very grateful for you as my audience. And I hope that you're, you're gaining some knowledge out of this. Uh, until next episode, have a great day. Take care.